rise and shine bitches welcome back to another episode of just a quick pinch i'm your host connie wang i hope you guys are having an awesome day so far i am because this is like the first time in like many a weeks where i actually do feel like pretty much fully healed first i was suffering from the allergies as you guys know then i was suffering from a cold so anyways now i feel like i'm finally back in tip-top shape which is awesome and i'm really excited because today's episode is basically like it's a series finale of some sorts it's a season finale you guys i know uh in january i released my first episode about my job hunt diaries that was that was really the very beginning i look back and i kind of laugh because i didn't really know what i was doing back then um and then throughout the last couple of months since january i've like let out little bits and pieces of the whole job situation but today i am bearing it all today i'm sharing with you guys my job hunt experience and also like the questions that you guys need to ask the advice that no one tells you and just the things that i have learned throughout this process all about the job hunt interviews contracts finding the right job meshing with the right kind of boss all of that good stuff and so i feel like it's going to be a really good episode it'll be information packed and it'll also be kind of nice to just share with you guys all the things that i felt like i couldn't share the whole time currently as i am recording this i'm just waiting to get back the final edits of the contract which we negotiated and then i can finally sign and i'm just so excited you guys this is my first big girl dentist job and yeah so anyways without further ado before we get into the main episode it's time for a little hot girl huddle so hit it editing connie Alrighty, you guys. So first things first, we got my eyes and nose, my ins and outs of the week. So my in of the week, you guys, this is so grown up of me. And dad, I know if you're listening, you'll approve of this. And Alan, if he's listening to this, he'll approve of this too. Uh, so basically, you guys, we started seeing a financial advisor. So Jimmy really spearheaded this. I'm, I'm gonna give Jimmy that credit. He was the grown up, the responsible adult in this relationship. He was like, you know what, we should get a financial advisor. And I was like, for what finances? Because um, right now, he's just managing Jimmy's finances and my bank account is abysmal but do not fear you guys as i have mentioned and as this episode is about that's about to change soon anyways yeah so jimmy kind of got a head start he's been seeing our financial advisor but then you guys this week my presence was summoned and i was like oh this kind of feels like when you get like summoned for like court like jury duty or something but like way more fun you know like i actually i felt like very wanted it was a very nice feeling um a part of me though was like ooh, financial stuff like that sounds kind of boring finances have never really been my thing numbers have never really been my thing like like, yeah, I would like to make money, but when I think of money, I'm not, like, those kinds of people that, like, are, like, ooh, like, numbers and calculations and stuff like that and, like, getting the most bang for your buck. I'm just not like that. I'm just, like, let me do the work. I think I used to think that money was boring. But, you guys, today in our first meeting with him, I was kind of surprised, you know, when I showed up to this fun little, like, social jury duty um i was kind of like this like math jury duty um i was surprised when we started talking out we were just talking about like our health our career updates our social lives like planning for the wedding i was like this guy knows we're planning a wedding which like in hindsight i'm like duh connie that's kind of his job to like know our life and what we want but i was like jimmy you told him about the wedding and then i was like oh my god you told him about like like where we want to like we want to someday like own a house and like all this stuff um it just felt like a real life talk that you have with your besties when you're like just hanging out eating breakfast or something like it was just a, it honestly felt like a mix between therapy like updating your therapist and it also felt like playing that game that we used to play in elementary school called mash m-a-s-h i don't know if any of you girlies out there played it 
But, or I don't know, dad, if they have mash in China. <laughs> but basically as a kid, it's where, it's like this little game where you decide your fate. You decide like, oh, what kind of house you want to buy, the person you want to marry, what kind of car you drive. And basically you play it just by like randomly crossing off numbers and options. So it's, you don't really decide. It's more like fate decides for you. But this really felt like mash. It felt like me and Jimmy and like the financial advisor guy, we were just like playing house. Like he's like, okay, so you want to plan the wedding and like this is how much you want to pay for it, right? And I felt like it was like monopoly money. I was like, yeah, sure. I'll put like this many thousand dollars into this. Um, and it was just fun. And most importantly, it just gave me the confidence to tackle my finances. And it just helped me realize like finances, money, planning your life. Yes, it is a responsible and like important thing to do but most importantly it doesn't have to be like boring and intimidating and like jargon that you don't understand it can be like fun and like humanized and just like it actually is it's talking about like your wedding what you want your life to look like it's talking about like the actual things that like make life life like the moments the happy memories um which is something that I never really thought I would think about with finances I just thought it was just numbers and boring things so anyways i would love to have him on as a guest sometime i don't know i don't know if he's listening he did listen to an episode of this podcast which i was honored by and he has a podcast as well and he's coming up with a book which is super cool so anyways i would love to have our financial advisor on to like answer questions and all that stuff if you guys are interested he's just great at what he does and like really helps break down concepts that seem really intimidating and scary into instead like fun little like playhouse life things <laughs> um so yeah that is my in of the week is having a financial advisor and then my out, my O for the week is, I have really, I feel like whenever one thing picks up in my life, like in this case, like the financial aspect of my life has picked up, then one thing has to fall. So I feel like with all the excitement of graduation and stuff like that, I've definitely fallen off the wagon in terms of my consistency with working out. Um, yeah. I mean, it is. It, it is what it is. It happened. But I'm trying to get back onto the bandwagon. One thing I've been interested in trying recently is I heard of this thing called the 328 method on TikTok. I forget who came up with it. But the idea is that you do in one week, you do three days of Pilates and bar, two days of strength training, and then you walk eight to eight thousand steps a day. And I wanted to try this because it seemed really reasonable. Previously, I was just doing strength training, like weightlifting, like three or four times a week. Um, I actually did enjoy it, but I did kind of get a little bit bored of it, I will have to say. Bored isn't the right word. It just, I just kind of got, it felt really repetitive, which I know is normal. But I was talking to my friends about this, and I was also seeing on TikTok people talk about how sometimes, and just, this is just for some people, sometimes just doing strength training, like only weight training, can just make your body really inflamed and like, I guess, puffy all the time. I personally didn't really notice it, but I maybe, but um, yeah. So anyways, I was like, you know what? Maybe my friends are onto something. Maybe I shouldn't be doing just strength training and weight training all day, every day. Maybe I should throw in some Pilates to just kind of help tighten and tone everything. So I'm going to give this, you know, give this uh, method a try. I'm going to look up some Pilates videos on YouTube. Maybe that will help me get back into my groove. But yeah, I'm going to give the 328 method a try. That is my out for the week. Anyways, that is all I have for my eyes and nose of the week. Now on to the last segment, Spit Talk. 
guys, so we are moving in officially less than two weeks to our new apartment. I am so excited because this is going to be my first big girl dentist appointment, um, but it'll also be great because I feel like we just really need some more space. It, like, our apartment is tiny for two people and a dog, and... Um, Honestly, this shouldn't bother me as much as, as it does, but my whole apartment is carpet, <laughs> and I'm just, like, really excited to have some nice hardwood floors, you know? Like, that is just the American dream. Some nice hardwood floors that you can just sweep and mop up, and if you spill something, it's not a big deal, and the dog hair is much easier to take off. Like, I just, I really feel like hardwood floors is the American dream. So, we are moving on up, and I'm excited for that. The natural lighting's gonna be better, so I can definitely film more things. I'm just really excited. Oh, and the amenities in this new apartment are so much better although I must say I really got spoiled when I was in like pharmacy school and going into dental school I never thought I would be someone with like a concierge and like a pool and a gym and all that uh and then I came to Tufts and everyone lives that way and then I got spoiled and I ended up in an apartment like this but recently in the last like year and a half our pool and our gym has been under construction which has been insane we've been paying these crazy prices for amenities that we can't use so long story short i'm excited to finally have an apartment that we can use the amenities like the pool is open the gym is open it seems like they're very well run there's a fire pit you guys so i can make s'mores all the time that's like i think i mentioned it in a previous episode that's like my family's new big thing is we love making s'mores because my niece loves s'mores and just sitting around a campfire is so fun so anyways i'm really excited for my new apartment but I need all of your moving advice because I just keep looking around and like realizing like we just have so much stuff how is it possible that two people and one dog have so much stuff it makes me sick to look at because I'm like how much money did we spend on this stuff that just accumulates dust um but also I am it's me I am the problem because I am such an extreme hoarder if you ever saw my mom my mom is such a hoarder my mom, she just should accept it. Mom, I know you are a hoarder. My dad tries his best to help her with the hoarding thing, but that's kind of the same dynamic with me and Jimmy. I'm the hoarder. Jimmy's the one with the reasonable sense of attachment to things. So he's just really trying to help me remember it's okay to throw things out this time around. So I'll give you guys an update once we move in two weeks, but just get excited, you guys. Mama and dad, mama and dada, I don't know. I don't, I don't really like that. Mm. Mama and Papa? I don't know. Connie and Jimmy are moving and it's going to be great, okay? So anyways, that is all I have this week for Hot Girl Huddle. Now onto the main episode. Alrighty, you guys. So it brings me great joy to let you guys know that my job hunt is finally over. I can put my armor down. I can put my shields down. Odysseus has come home from the war. I am done. I finally found my first job and I'm really excited and I feel like I learned a lot throughout the process that like not necessarily anyone really talks about um, and I just wanted to share all that information with you guys. So let's go through the entire process from start to finish. So this is going to be a lot but my first piece of advice is actually twofold and this advice might seem obvious. You guys are like Connie you titled this as things no one tells you and this is something that seems obvious. But I just felt like I couldn't start this episode without at least mentioning this. So part one is before you actually start searching for the job, it's just important to make sure that you have in your mind what you want to look for. 
Because honestly, what I've realized is you can convince yourself that you want anything if someone is talking with the right numbers and the right finesse and the right persuasion. So trust me, like anything seems intriguing once people start talking money. So it's important to just have a solid understanding of what you actually want versus what you're like getting persuaded into, right? Because all of a sudden you start imagining your life and you're like, oh, well, maybe I could settle for this if that meant like, like maybe I do want this. First things first, I just think it's really important to just be honest with yourself. There's a lot of different factors that you have to keep in mind and know like how high or low they are on your priority list and there's no right or wrong answer which is what makes it tough this isn't something that you can just google uh, this is really going to take some self-reflection to think about what matters most to you so these are some things like obviously the monetary compensation but this also involves things like the work environment how many people you want to work with the commute what it means for your living situation like where you'll be living the community you'll be serving if you want to work weekends I basically had to just be really honest with myself um, where I realized my priority was for me personally, not necessarily making as much money as possible as soon as possible or being able to try like crazy surgical procedures or implants or anything like that. But I realized for me, for Connie Wang, my priority was to like my job, <laughs> which sounds really vague. Um, and this is where the second part of the advice comes in is that this was honestly a realization that I did not have until the middle of searching for my jobs. Okay. I'll be honest in the beginning, I did not follow my own advice. I didn't really know what I wanted, uh, in the tangible sense. I just knew like the vibes, which you know what is an interesting theory. I feel like me showing up to these interviews with just the vibes did kind of self-select for the people that were matching me in terms of that. But anyways, I just learned through experiencing a lot of different interviews and a lot of chatting with different people. I realized the things that I clicked with and the things that I didn't click with over time. So part two of my advice is that while it is important to have a good understanding of what you want from a job, from like more of like a moral or personal ethical kind of perspective, just keep an open mind about the way that your priority list may shift depending on the things you learn about yourself as you go through the process. You're going to learn a lot about yourself the more you learn about other people and the other like bosses and the uh, job opportunities available, which is interesting because you think you always think that you know yourself, but then you can always learn a little bit more about yourself. You always surprise yourself with the things that you've realized about yourself. Um, and you'll see with like the jobs available out there, you'll kind of start to shift your your uh, perception of like what you want and that's totally normal to go into the experience thinking you want one thing and then realizing through trial and error that it's something else i personally when starting out i always dreamed of like working for this awesome cosmetic office i always thought i wanted to do like high-end cosmetics i was really trying to set myself up with that you know taking like the right ce's and everything like that and you know that that dream is still very much alive but i also realized that at the core of it what i really wanted to do was just feel really good about my skills feel really good about you know what I'm doing for my community the team I'm working with and just like have that really good feel good like feel like I belong right and so what I realized was that where I am right now in my knowledge my skills I'm really just starting from like square one basically like dental school just gave me the license to allow me to start and so what I realized was I instead of jumping you know head first into this high-end kind of crazy, like scary kind of field and just going way beyond my means, to be honest. I realized I really wanted to start in a more traditional family bread and butter kind of sense. I wanted to start somewhere where I would really get that like actual mentorship. Everyone throws around that word mentorship like it's nothing, but really it's a big 
obligation to a lot of people out there. And a lot of times people advertise mentorship and it's not really what you expect. That was what I was looking for was some tried and true, like real mentorship where I really felt supported and bread and butter dentistry. So that way someday, no matter, you know, like where I go, whether or not, like wherever I end up, I just want to make sure that at the end of the day that I'm a good dentist and I know what I'm doing, um, which is easier said than done. I know even today, like grown dentists might be listening to this and you guys are probably thinking like, I still don't know what I'm doing, but I just think that there's something to be said about nailing the basics first and then doing those like crazy, sexy, appealing, like awesome cases once, you know, I've really mastered the basics. And so, like I said, this is honestly kind of like dating. This is something that I didn't realize starting off. It was more through trial and error and meeting people and coming home from interviews thinking like, okay, that went okay, but like I would have liked this a little bit more. Okay, that went okay, but like what about that? So I was honestly just, you know, throwing paint at the wall and seeing what stuck. And it wasn't really until I found the office that I am ending up at where I really pinpointed like what was important to me. Like when I showed up at this office, that's when I was like, oh, like this is what I wanted to feel. I wanted to feel like I fit in with the people I work with, like I have a good relationship with the boss that I work for, and just basically like I belong and am respected, but also like pushed and being like mentored in the right ways. Something that I didn't necessarily look for and know that I was looking for, but now in hindsight I realize is important, is that it was also really important for me to just feel inspired by the people that I was working with and like the potential that it could ignite in me. Like this wasn't something that I was looking for, but then the second I interviewed at this office that I'm going to, I just instantly felt inspired by like how incredible the patient communication skills the docs had like they taught me so much in my interview that I I wasn't even expecting like I was expecting it was an interview they should be asking me questions but instead they were really like showing me the ropes and giving me a taste of like what kind of mentorship I could expect which was just awesome and I think it it also goes twofold you know like I show that I'm very coachable and you know, someone that's receptive to this type of mentorship, which brings me to my second point, which is that chemistry is something really to consider. Basically, I previously said that finding a job is a lot like dating, and it really is in the sense that sometimes you will just have no explanation as to why you feel a certain way, but you will just gel better with certain people than others. And when I was first starting out on the job hunt, I had definitely met a lot of docs that I just, I really liked, I really respected, but I also just didn't necessarily feel it. And I don't know if maybe I'm just really choosy or what. I was really starting to think like, Connie, you can't be so choosy, just like pick a place to start. But I really, I just held out and just, I just believed like, you know what, when I find the right one, I will know it. And I just kept looking because, and I'm glad I did because literally like the second that I walked into the office, I ended up just immediately feeling that tingle of like, this is it. Like there's no other explanation other than this feels right. I can completely be myself. I don't have to mold myself into someone I'm not. Whereas in other places, I felt like I could be myself, but like only in certain ways. Or I felt like I had to convince myself that it was a good opportunity for some reason. I don't know if you guys have ever gone to like a dinner party and then at the end of the night, you accidentally put on someone else's shoes, even though they look the exact same on the outside. But then on the inside, you can immediately tell like if you've stepped in someone else's shoe and it's like the wrong shoe for you, right? That's kind of like how I felt. The other opportunities were nice on the outside. They were nice. There was nothing wrong with them. They were the right fit for someone else, but it just didn't feel like the right fit for me. And then going to this office, I felt like I was putting on my own shoes. I was like, this just fits. And so I know everyone's situation is different, right? So remember how earlier I said that the priority list for everyone is going to look a little different? Here is another category on that list of priorities. And one of them is liking your job, okay? I heavily emphasize just now how much I want to like my job, how much I want to like my 
my coworkers and my boss. You know, some people are totally okay if they don't feel that same kind of passion towards the people they work with and their boss. Some people are just there for the work and it doesn't really matter. And that's okay too. It's okay if you just want to sign a contract and make some money. You don't care about fitting into the culture and feeling at home. That's not my business. That's that's your business. That's your prerogative. I'm just letting you know my experience and that the potential is there. Because personally, for me, I just prioritize that feeling of home and happiness with my workplace. But for you listening, you might not prioritize those things. You might prioritize other things that are just as valuable, like potential income and ability to learn new procedures and things like that. So anyways, while I'm on the topic of chemistry, um, here are a couple things that I learned as well that I was surprised at. First... The job hunt is really difficult when you are burnt out, which is something that I think that most of us, regardless of if you're finishing up school or residency or coming out of another job, most of us are burnt out if we're looking for new jobs. And it's really hard because you have to show up as your best self, right? You have to show up as like your most enthusiastic person, your most excited to be in XYZ. And the thing is, you probably just went through a really rigorous, painful or, you know, stressful experience that honestly made you question everything and if you're the right fit for something. So... I just think it's really important to get yourself in the game, get your mind in the game when it comes to especially the interview and even just communicating in general with your employer. There's a certain type of energy that you give off. And for me, it was honestly such a struggle because I knew the Connie I could be, which is, you know, the Connie, like my best self Connie. I knew somewhere in there I could be passionate and driven and excited, but really on the outside, I was still feeling really burned out. I just taken all my licensure exams. I was physically and mentally exhausted from long days of school. I was a little jaded about school and things not working out and like dentistry and all that so you just have to have the self-awareness to know when you're not feeling right and then also to know how to get yourself feeling right when it comes time for that interview and this looks different for different people but for me it just meant I really had to give myself that time to rest before showing up to these interviews you know I would make sure I really took the whole day off to mentally prepare for it like I wouldn't schedule a patient in the morning if I had an interview like later that night um, I would make a mental checklist you can even do like a physical checklist if you want but I, I made a mental checklist of almost like an elevator pitch and this kind of elevator pitch you should be able to meet someone off the street and tell them who you are where you came from what you're looking for and why like these are just things that you have to walk into an interview knowing um and yeah if you feel like you're like moving through mud you feel like you're getting some resistance during the job hunt experience just know like that's totally normal because we're all just coming out of some kind of like really difficult experience um and the thing is it may just be that you're not feeling your best and it's just important to recognize that because that's the first step in addressing it really okay my second piece of advice that I wasn't expecting is that it's actually always the ones that you don't expect I feel like it's like this with dating although honestly I don't really know anymore because Jimmy and I have just been together forever but but I'm pretty sure that's what it's like out there on the streets but I think a common theme is that you know the one opportunity that sounds great on paper it's, it's pretty normal to meet them in person and then realize that it doesn't seem perfect anymore, even though it seemed perfect on paper. Whereas a lot of times there can be opportunities that weren't really on your radar before on paper, but then you take that chance like call or meeting and it turns out to be such a great connection. So basically, long story short, you should just really try to give everything a chance. I promise you guys, 
this the things that you like you don't think are on your radar the things that you like didn't even like notice i promise you like those people those opportunities those will be the best and will really surprise you that was like a very consistent thing that i noticed um and also the world of healthcare is also small so just remember to be really polite to everyone that's giving you an opportunity because that really is like a second that they took out of their busy day to reach out to you and to think about you and consider you and so just definitely say thank you to like every opportunity no matter who reaches out or what because little things go a very long way and it's a very very small world also i will say as someone that had to you know do kind of like a breakup call with one of the docs to let them know that i wasn't taking an offer it can seem really daunting and scary at first but i also promise you guys as long as you're just very open upfront and honest about the communication and just really let them know like why you will not be taking a position I feel like they can only respect you for that you know like that's much better than like ghosting them or even just like sending it via like an email or like a text um, obviously it kind of depends on how involved and how progressed you guys were in the situation but for the most part I really think that that's kind of a conversation that should be had on the phone it should be very sincere and it should just be also you know like professional kept to the point but yeah people will always appreciate honesty when you're doing a, a professional breakup of sorts. <laughs> okay, another point is to really take your time and sleep on it because I hate to admit it, but I am someone where I tend to just like most people, uh, which is like nice in some regards, but then it's also really tough because like, you know, I have a lot of options and I'm like, oh my god, these are all awesome. And it's really hard for me to differentiate then like what is the right option. Um, I had a couple options where I would meet them and I'd be like, this was awesome. This was so great. And I would go home and be like, maybe this is it. And then I would also like have this very, very small voice in my head being like, uh, maybe this isn't it. Maybe this isn't what I expected. And like, maybe I'll learn to love it. Like, I would always say that, like, maybe I'll learn to love it. Maybe this will work out. And then as time would pass by, then my gut would keep telling me like, no, just keep looking, keep looking. This isn't it yet. Um, and so the way that I kind of filtered this out finally was I just decided that if it's not a hell yes, then it's a no. Uh, and sleeping on it and like following your gut will always be the right thing to do even if it doesn't really make sense and on paper something seems right just always follow your gut with that and I just think that's really important because like I said in the opening section of this episode it can be actually like really a mind game you can you'd be surprised how easily you can talk yourself into liking something because like now that I can look back on it, I'm like, oh my god, I was totally talking myself into this. Like, okay, for example, there's this one opportunity, I had never thought about doing surgery, I never wanted to do implants, or mini implants, or like all of that crazy, like bone graft, sinus lift, all that stuff, I was never interested in that, personally. But I had an opportunity where someone really wanted to mentor me on those things, and I was just like, oh my god, do I want to be this like awesome surgeon, Dr. Connie Wang? And then, I mean, it lasted for like maybe two seconds. And then I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't really want that. But like, it can be really easy to get caught up in the narrative and be like, maybe that'll be my destiny. Because that's kind of the tough part about where we are right now. Like the world is our oyster, which is awesome. But it can also be so open to interpretation that you're like, okay, so what really is my oyster? So just don't really let yourself get persuaded into these things and just stay true to who you are and what you know that you want and what you know that you don't want. And that well, I think that's the more helpful thing, what you know that you don't want, because that will really help guide you into the right opportunities. Oh, and also keeping an open mind that maybe someday in the future, your plans will change. I think that's also something that I'm keeping in mind is, you know what, Connie, even though that kind of surgical stuff doesn't interest you right now, I'm always keeping that option open and thinking like, you know what, someday if my plans do change, that's there for me. But for now, I, I know what I prioritize. 
And that brings me to the next thing, which is that while you're there observing or shadowing or anything, another important thing to pick up on is observing the little things. And the little things are actually the biggest things. So what I mean by that is, you know, it's really important to see like how the staff treats each other, how the doctor treats the rest of the team, how your employer responds when like they don't know the answer to something. Are they willing to share with you that they don't know that and that they're willing to look something up? Um like see how they treat you and like if they have an understanding of like where you're coming from uh if especially if if you're a new grad I feel like understanding like where you're coming from is really important so that way everyone's expectations are on the same level okay so now let's get into the nitty-gritty about actually finding jobs so the way I went about this was through this magical platform uh it's this little thing called Facebook and so I joined this group called Dental Practice Matchmaker so if you're not dental I am actually curious if there are other Facebook pages you should definitely look into joining it's surprisingly really active because I mean I personally thought as like a Gen Z millennial I thought Facebook was dead but I mean Also in the nicest way possible, I think like older generations still use Facebook frequently as a form of like communication and information exchange. So don't sleep on Facebook is all I'm saying. Uh, But anyways, if you are into dental and looking for private practice opportunities, Dental Practice Matchmaker is awesome. I almost wish I joined it earlier even as like a third year. It'd be nice to see what opportunities are out there. So basically what happened was I was really stressed out about finding a job. I had just started my job hunt. It was literally like the first kind of 24 hours of my job hunt. And I was like, oh, I don't know like where to start. And my friend recommended this group and I couldn't sleep all night. Literally, I woke up at like 2 a.m. and I was just like sitting there in a cold sweat, like searching through LinkedIn and Craigslist and stuff. And I was like, oh, I feel like I don't like really see anything I'm interested in. And then so I posted on a whim at like 5 a.m. I drafted it like all morning. And then when the clock finally hit 5am, I was like, okay, this is a socially acceptable time to post something on Facebook, I think. So then I posted it. Uh, It was just an introduction post saying, you know, hi, my name is Connie. I provided two pictures, two or three pictures. And I like really was very just honest and transparent. I wasn't just like I went to this school, this GBA, whatever. I was more like, I'm like, hi, I'm Connie. This is where I'm from. You know, like this is what I learned in pharmacy school. And like, this is what I want to bring. These are my skills. And I was just really authentic to like who I was. And I just knew that if I was just being real about who I am and my interests, I didn't try to act some facade, like I'm super crazy, like awesome at certain clinical things I didn't pretend like I'm like super incredible at like all this other stuff I was just very transparent about like my strengths and what I think I can bring outside of even dentistry my personality and I think that that jived well with the right people so anyways this post ended up doing like crazy and like I got like a really good like 20 to 30 responses from all of the doctors and like the comments and some private messaging me Some people even messaging me for areas that like I didn't even want, like states I wasn't thinking about. So I think this option is really good for someone that isn't necessarily tied down to a certain location and wants to see what's out there because I don't know, it literally feels kind of like you're a piece of meat in a market and people will start giving you offers for random places. It's honestly kind of awesome because you go from being in school and being like the lowest on the totem pole and feeling like crap and then you post on here and then like people actually want you. So yeah, definitely put yourself out there. That's all I can say. Only good things can happen when you put yourself out there and especially if you are authentic to yourself. You could go about it that way or I also have a friend that found a job through a recruiter. So a lot of times schools can set you up with a recruiter too. Basically, like they will interview you themselves and then they'll know the areas and places looking for people. And it's kind of like just like a matchmaking service. They'll match you with people that will fit you. um, And they're very familiar with how hiring goes, especially for new grads. 
There's also the traditional way of just seeing what's online with LinkedIn and Craigslist. My friend was actually able to like surprisingly find an option. I thought Craigslist was just for like creepy things and like selling random couches, but apparently Craigslist is still a viable option. So don't sleep on Craigslist, ZipRecruiter. I do feel like though, now that I've seen what's out there, I do feel like there's something to be said about word of mouth and knowing people. I feel like just, those are all the hidden gems. The best opportunities have been through, you know, people knowing people, vouching for people. And it's almost like I feel like the best opportunities are snatched up before they make it onto these sites. So that's why I think it's so important to catch an opportunity before people are even advertising it. So network, network, network. That's all I can say. That's all I've ever, you know, that's that's how I've ended up anywhere in life is from networking. Okay, so that is the application. Now let's move on to shadowing and interviewing. So let's say you put yourself out there. So this is arguably the most important phase because this is where like the trust and the relationship begins to form between you and the company, the team, the employer. So for all the places that I considered heavily, I shadowed them for at least a day just to like kind of see what the flow was, the lunch break situation, the communication with the team. Um, I just honestly wanted to see if these were people that I could make small talk with. I know small talk doesn't seem important, but I honestly feel like it matters because like clinical skills, knowledge, speed, money, all of that will come with time. It's more of a gauge of how people's people skills are basically. So for interviews, uh, something to keep in mind is that no matter what, uh, even if it was a dinner, I would always try to dress up. Of course, I would wear like a nice pair of pants and then a blazer or a blouse. If it was like a really casual dinner, then I might maybe think about jeans, but always like a nice heeled shoe and a blazer. Just like really try to show up, even if it just seems like it's chatting, it's your first impression. So treat every interaction like it's an interview, basically. In terms of shadowing, then I think it's it's more fair to wear scrubs. Now, let's go into the questions that I asked during the interview. Um, so the questions that I asked were a little bit less technical in the beginning, just because anything too technical up front is kind of like jumping the gun and just seeming a little like aggressive, in my opinion. Again, it's like dating, right? Like you don't want to come on too strong, like demanding all of their info and numbers. Uh, but the questions that I did ask were things like, you know, like, what is the no show rate like? lunch break, company culture, like if they do anything for fun as like a team, you can ask like how many patients you're expected to see or like how many new patients the office sees a month, if you're expected to build your own personal roster of patients or if you're taking over for like a doc that is leaving and you're taking over a pre-existing patient base, that's a big difference. Um, ask, you know, like why they are looking for an associate even, like kind of gauge how ready they are for an associate or like if you think that, you know, that they would be able to give you what you want. You can ask how many columns you'll be expected to manage. Like managing one column is obviously very different than managing three columns of patients. Um, ask them if you're expected to be on call or like work on the weekends, what the onboarding process is like, and like especially what to expect from mentorship if that's what you're looking for. Some people aren't looking for mentorship. If, if you're listening to this, then you know what, that's fine too if you aren't. If you are looking for mentorship, just know a lot of places just throw around that word and it can be really vague. Um, so asking what to expect is really important. Sometimes the owner doc will say that, yeah, mentorship will be provided, but then like maybe they won't even be in the office when you need them, right? Some of them will be able to coach you through like the harder cases, look at x-rays and stuff together. That's an option too. So it's really up to you and you have to have a good judge of character, I feel like, just to know and see like what you're getting yourself into. And that's why shadowing is really important. Uh, I think it's also important to know how many other docs are in the office, especially as a new grad. Like you don't want to be thrown into something where like you're the only doctor. I mean, you can be, but that'll just be really overwhelming. And you can also ask if these offices will cover things like malpractice insurance. 
Another thing to keep in mind, so I personally didn't feel interested in becoming a partner and owning a percentage this early on, but if that is a goal of yours, then that's definitely something you can discuss with them. Um, I did ask if associates there got opportunities to like take CEs. Some places give you a stipend for the CEs or provide money for things like association fees, licensure fees. That's something that I actually really admired and I'm glad I asked my boss for. So basically what happened is some of my classmates and friends had mentioned that their employers are covering their licensure fees. And when I first heard this and they asked me, I was like, no, 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 I don't, I don't want to ask. Like if he didn't mention it, then he probably isn't going to do it. And I don't want him to say no. Like I don't want to rock the boat too much. But then I was talking to my brother-in-law and he was like, you know what? Like it's always worth asking. If you don't ask, the answer will always be no. So I just kind of like mentioned it. I just messaged my boss and was like, oh, is like, I've heard from classmates that this is something that some employers offer. Is this something that you would offer? And he just handled it so well. He immediately called me up on the phone and was like, oh, do you have like a second to chat? Like, I'd love to learn more about, you know, what your friends are hearing, like what your friends are seeing out there. And if this is something that I can do to accommodate you. And I, he was like, I'm going to be honest. Like, I just, I never heard of this. So that's why it's not in the contract, but I'm happy to try to accommodate it if it makes sense. And I was just like, wow, like not only did this person take the time to call me, he was willing to admit that this wasn't something that he had heard about before. And then he was also willing to share that like this is something that he'd be interested in meeting me in the middle with if it made sense, um, which is just really awesome. It was just a, an example of how I think in the future he would handle things like this as well. It doesn't have to be like, you know, licensure fees. This just shows the integrity of a person and how they handle when they don't know something and when you ask for something. So I really liked how they responded to that. Anyways, now let's get into the contract situation. So for contracts, I can't get too nitty gritty because honestly, like a lot of this stuff is very market dependent, location dependent. These are things that you can also Google and look into forums. But one thing I do want to highlight and something that came up for me is that there are two types of contracts, W-2s versus 1099s, where you are treated as uh, an independent contractor. Basically, you have to hire your own accountant and set up your own LLC, I believe. So this is something that I was offered. And ultimately, I decided to go down the W-2 route. I know some providers, specifically like specialists, they might prefer the 1099 route because it allows you to do more write-offs and maybe there's like more freedom and things involved with that um, in terms of like making money also but I just as a new grad I just wanted like the safety and security and like the peace of mind that the W2 provided it just seemed a lot more standard and the reaction that I got from most of the docs that I asked was just that in terms of like the legality of it all it can seem a little gray because a 1099 implies that you are using your own equipment and your own assistance so I'm not exactly sure how people are getting around this uh, I was just kind of told like if you are offered a 1099 contract as a new grad it's not going to be the best option, but I'm just letting you guys know that the distinction exists. So next, something to keep in mind are days of the week that you're going to work and compensation. So in particular, I was just looking for an industry standard like daily guarantee just to make sure that I would be supported in the first few months where I'm really like getting my bearings and getting settled. Um, and I also did want the option of being paid a percentage of collections or production. So for those of you guys that for those of you guys that don't know, production is more favorable in most cases because collections is dependent on like, the office and insurance. So it's just important that if you're being paid on collections to ask what the collections rate of the office is. So ideally, it would be as close to 100 as possible. But in some offices, you know, they might not disclose that or it might not be as good. So that's just a really important thing to ask the office about. And at this point in the process, the office should be upfront with you about sharing things like this, like the collections rate, letting you see the schedule and being open about things. Also in terms of lab fees, so the industry standard for lab fees is about like 30 to 50%. Um, and in terms of industry standards, I also wanna say for new grads, 
this is again dependent on like where you are and stuff but i would say like what i've heard is that 500 to 800 is a good daily guarantee and that roughly 30 to 35 percent um is an is a typical like percentage of collections Eh, maybe like 28 to 35 percent i think it's also important to ask how often you're being paid out on collections like if it's every other week or monthly so another thing in the contract to keep in mind is the restrictive covenant discussion this is like more becoming out of favor this is basically just the distance that you can work or set up shop in the next job you choose to be at and just to make sure that you're not like poaching patients and staff from your previous office it's really not enforceable in many ways in dentistry. I know in like other medical fields, it is more of an issue where people have run into problems or even in dentistry, if there's like multiple offices, it's something that can, it's something that at the time when you're signing the contract, you're not thinking about leaving obviously because you are signing it right now. You're like, I just got here. But the thing is, you always have to kind of keep that like exit strategy in mind just to make sure that you're really protecting yourself. And you want to make sure that you're not just like, on the map, you're not excluding yourself from an area that you would want to work in. Another thing, I know I mentioned exit strategy, right? You also want to keep in mind how many days notice you're required to provide before leaving. So industry standard is about like 30 to 60 days, which seems fine. Um, but just keep in mind, you know, if things are ever contentious, that like if things are longer, like 90 days, that's like a long time to be around somewhere and a long time to have to to prepare in advance if you want to leave so just keep that in mind like the lower that is the better same thing with the restrictive covenant although i guess it's not really enforceable another thing that's really helpful to ask is just straight up asking them is this the standard contract that you give for all employees just to kind of see what their thoughts are and if there's any leeway for negotiating things i wasn't heavy on negotiating the compensation just because to me, it wasn't important to like nickel and dime so early in the process. And I really trust the employer and I, I cared more about like keeping this trusting relationship. Um, and I just know like the money will come. So it wasn't as much of a priority to me as it was my, my priority with this contract was just protecting myself and making sure that, you know, if things ever did end, that it would be as amicable as possible. So that would be things like, you know, like making, just making the switch as clear cut and possible and as not as messy as possible, I guess you could say. So that is a lot of the nitty gritty. My last pieces of advice are just do not rush. I feel like in the dental field, in the medical field, we always are in this rush, rush, rush mentality ever since our education. It's always like, oh, who did this the fastest? Who finished their requirements the fastest? Who like got their license fast? Like, it's just like, it all feels like it's like, oh my God, like, did you see this person did this fast? And that mentality is just so unhealthy because if you feel that way about one thing, you will always feel that way. You will always be comparing yourself in terms of production and like how fast you are and how much money you make. And that's just like a terrible trap to live in so i just want to say like this is where you can start really breaking those like cycles so for me i really prioritize not rushing this again this might not be for everyone some people for whatever reason your job your life circumstances you just need to find a job asap settle down make that money that is so i'm so happy for you if that's your thing that's your prerogative um but just keep in mind that again there really is no rush no one gets like a medal or any sort of like compensation if they get a job first like look it's literally i graduated in may it's june 5th and i am still waiting to sign my final contract and that's okay with me because i just feel so good about like where i'm signing and i just think that that's something to keep in mind is don't sign the first thing that you see because everything that i learned 
through this process, and I'm so happy that I learned it, is because the trial and error, I met a lot of different people, I saw a lot of different things, I had to give some breakup calls, like, that's just, like, part of the process, and they will understand that, and I think it's just important that you protect yourself and that you really see what's out there. Another thing to keep in mind, I know I mentioned, you know, a lot of times, like, having that it feeling, like, this is it, this is the one, if you're going through all these things and you're feeling like you're still not finding it, there is something to be said about how there is no such thing as a perfect job. I think that we all kind of rank our priorities differently. So for example, I knew my priorities, right? I really held my priorities in high regards and I felt like the things that I didn't prioritize or I didn't feel like were as heavily important to me, those didn't really like bother me as much. But maybe you're someone where you feel like there's not that clear cut distinction of like, this is what I want and this is what I don't care about. Maybe you're someone where you're like, everything matters to me. And so that's what's making it hard for you to feel like you're finding the right option. In that case, the right option truly is to just go with something, get your feet wet, see what's out there, and then from there you'll learn more and understand more what you want. But sometimes there is something to be said about how we only know so much, right? I could literally, I'm sitting here recording this in one year, I could totally change my tune. You just never really know how much you're going to change and how much life is going to change. So all I'm saying is just keep an open mind. So yeah, anyways, that was my job hunt diaries. I hope that you guys enjoyed hearing that. I hope that my tips were helpful. If you guys have any more follow-up questions, please message me on Instagram at Dr. Connie Wang. Also, if you guys liked what you heard, please leave a rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And other than that i will see you guys on chief complaints on friday bye